What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 75. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Aloy's best friend, Colin Moriarty. Let it be known that last week I made some clever... uh, Yeah, what was it? It was like... I'm uh, I'm a Lloyd that we can't... I'm a Lloyd that we can't talk about what we're playing right now. It is Aloying. Yeah. You cut it out. Yeah, I did. Because you're a little bitch. That's how embargoes work. And a little baby. A lot of people, a lot of people... Come and get people don't follow the embargoes to the letter, but kind of funny does. And I'll be damned if I've you're going to ruin I've that. I've never broken an embargo. I'll be damned if you're going to ruin that. I've never broken an embargo. You tried to last week. I guess it's not. Like, that's such an I know, it's a stupid thing. Yeah, don't say you're playing it or whatever. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's I mean, over. well, because I read them carefully, too, because some people are like, you know, hide your trophies or, you know, like, we have a game now where it's like, stay, play, play offline and hide, you know, hide your trophies. And that's I'm like, what nah, was weird I'm about good. this embargo. This embargo... <laughs> Was like, yeah, don't talk about it on social media or whatever. I'm like, oh, do we have to hide our stuff like now? I'm like, that's what that, well, that's what we I was saying. I'm like, two thousand people following us on. Uh, and I got a million messages like being like, how is it? I'm like, I'm not going to answer you, but yeah, I was, I like, that's why I was like, well, that's why I'm like, I can make a little clever, cute little I know, thing here. I know, I know, and be clever and be cute. You are clever and cute though, every day, Colin. Getting really into this thing I'm doing lately, where What's the thing you're doing? you know, I've been in errands a lot, and yeah, and, you know, discuss this a little bit, but you know, poop. Uh, well, here we you know, go. After the shower, sure. And You're getting then, into that, and uh, well, I'm, what I'm really getting into a rhythm, I want to say, because you know, I'm my poop schedule's all off. Yeah, used to poop after lunch. Now I'm pooping when I wake up in the morning. Oh, that's so a good something's way to be. a little, but I don't like it because you know, usually like you know, I eat a cheeseburger for lunch, it pushes the poop out, mm-hmm. right? Then I'm good, and then the next day, you know, the next cheeseburger pushes the poop it's out. The system, yeah. Uh, now I'm pooping in the morning, but my body's so out of whack. I get up and I get you know, get, get in the shower, and then I poop. I'm like, well, I can't abide by that. It sounds and so it's I just, funny because it sounds like you poop in the shower. Well, the way you said it. Right. I understand. I'm with you. I understand you don't. I've never pooped in the shower. I pooped in a bathtub once, but that's for another time. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm beginning really into this habit, this rhythm, in fact, of just giving a little cursory wipe and then just getting right back into the shower. But I like don't even get the rest of my body wet. I just clean. Just working my, the butt. Because like, you can't, I have to get used to this thing because I can't walk around all day. Knowing that there's some sort of poop particle on. Why me. don't you just poop before you get in the shower? That's what because I because I can't. What, what am I? What you could just poop on demand uh, like, in the morning. That's my schedule. I wake up, go to the bathroom, get. Well, I mean, I brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, get in the shower, shave before all that too. No, I, can't, I mean I can't. You I, gotta, I, it's you not get that your body. Re- you got to do it. You got to have it that regular. You know. So I guess I'm just really struggling with that. And I wanted to open the show with that because I thought it was really important. I mean, people have spoken loud and clear that they love that. That they love it when we talk about the poop and the toilet paper and the three ply and all that stuff. Yeah, our real fans do. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, that three ply toilet. You know, I went. I went. You know, we were out of toilet paper. Went to the convenience store. Got you know some rolls. Yeah, eight rolls of this Charmin, ten dollars. Man, convenience. I mean, that's a convenience store. Yeah, though. that's that's a convenience price too. Colin, we've been playing a lot of Horizon. Yes, our review, of course, up on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. We just recorded it right before this episode. So again, this episode being recorded out of the usual schedule. So if on Monday Sony's like, we nailed it with Horizon Zero Dawn based on the reviews, we're shutting down. We wouldn't know that if Shuhei just pulled the plug on that. So we don't know. Uh, I thought we'd start, Colin, with topic of the show. Toss, toss, toss. Uh, topic of the show, of course, is Horizon Zero Dawn. Don't click off your uh, YouTube. Don't click off your MP3 yet. Uh, it's going to be spoiler-free discussion. But when I got to say... It we- takes place on the moon! Oh, they terraform the moon with dinosaurs, <laughs> robots on it! Uh, no, uh, so spoiler free. These are questions from you on Twitter when I announced the review is going up. And of course, hello, welcome to PSI Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation Podcast, despite all the poop talk, thanks to your support. And it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames and podcast services around the globe. So go get it. Like, subscribe, share, all that shit. Uh, Colin, 
Our first question mm. is going to start with Diogo Ghosh. Mm. He says, hey, Greg. Hey, Colin. Mm. Wait for Colin to reply and high five him. She's a moon man. She's a moon man with horizons <laughs> launch being just on the horizon. Not original. I know I'm afraid that it will be too big of a game over the last couple of months. I've tried to get into Witcher three and like it and get into Witcher three and like it because it was so praised, but there was just too much to do a lot of walking around and frankly clunky gameplay that annoyed me. Do you guys think that horizon zero dawn will be too big of a game in a way that becomes overwhelming? I'm on a limited gaming schedule, but games the scope of the size of far cry and watchdogs feel perfectly doable. Best wishes from Brazil. Diogo gauche. It's way more far cry than it is uh, the Witcher. I like so the game is what I mean 40 hours to do everything. To do everything? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still, what, I'm at 42 hours, level 48 oh, so, right now. So 45 hours? Yeah, maybe? 45, 48, I would say, maybe in there and stuff. It, here's the thing. That's a, that, that is to do everything. I'm going to do every side quest. I'm going to platinum this bitch. I'm going to do all these different things because that's what I'm trying to do out there. Tim Gettys was is in the similar boat to you where Tim doesn't like open world games. He was like, uh, jumped into Horizon. He talked about it on the Gamescast exclusive that'll be live next week where he was like, you know, just after the tutorial, a little bit of the missions, I'm not really feeling it. I don't know how to feel about it, blah, blah, blah. Then he went through the first big moment of it and he's like, I'm all the way in and what's fixing it for me is I'm just main pathing it. You can sit there and main path it. Eventually, there's going to be a point where you're going to come to where it's like, you have to help this guy. You have to do this to get these these threads that are going that way to come back into the story that way. Boring. Exactly. Boring. He's doing it wrong, but you can do it. So I think, honestly, Horizon is going to be how much do you want to put into it? Uh, I, You know, I, when I initially beat it, I hadn't done a lot of the side quests. I hadn't done, uh, I guess that's not true. I've done a lot of side quests, but I hadn't done all of them. And so now that I'm going back and doing it, I've already replayed the ending again because it's a XP buffet. It's a way to get up to 50 for that trophy faster. And also, I wanted to test one of the trophies to see if I had, them, had it the thing that I need. I don't know if that's that's one of the hidden ones. The other XP buffet is the uh, the, the trials. Oh, yeah. Just, the hunting ones. Yeah. The, no, no, not the hunting ones. The, the, the different places you go where they're like, do these three things for these tokens and all those. The, the, right. That, that we talking yeah, about the those oh. hunting trials. Yeah. The blazing sun. Oh, the okay. Sun, they're talking about from the hunting moon. from the hunting lodge, which I, I was a little confused because you go and do bounties for them. Yeah. No, no, no. Not the bounties. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, it is. Interesting. I, so I'm 29 hours in uh, 74% completed. Um, and uh I, I am with you. That was one of my concerns too, friend. Was you know when when Aloy first gets into the into the spaceship and goes to the moon, I was like super fucking. <laughs> I thought, it, oh my god, I thought we were on the moon the whole time. I didn't realize we well, started. Well, it's, it's deeper than that. Huh. All right, my apologies. And uh, but when she first goes to the moon, I was like, this is an incredible you know turn of of, of the narrative here. And I'm ready for it to be over. I don't think I can really exceed this. Yeah. And then they do. They somehow exceed even her going to the moon. And one of the one of the craziest things about so. I'm with him in the sense that I went into this thinking it was going to be in the teens in terms of hours length, that the open world would not be would be more cursory and not. I mean, I played the game, so I knew that the world was big, but I didn't know how big the world was. Uh, it's very big, uh, but I don't feel like it's ever overwhelming. I agree with you that Witcher 3 is, is bogged down, in my opinion, by uh, incredible amounts of volume of just random ass shit to do and clunk. Yeah. Clunk galore. Uh, I don't think that that and I don't think it's a bad game. I actually think Witcher 3 is great. This game is better. Um, this so, game is it's trimmed to the point of like even when it was like you talked about the you know the hunter's lounge or hunter's lounge or lodge uh, we have to do missions there when I when I was like it was one of the you know last trophies I had to go do was go to get to the top of that and you know fight this thing I was like all right cool and when I start that journey I was like fuck and like there's a cut and it is like go get these trophies and come back with these I'm like is this going to be going on oh no I'm done okay cool it, these things progress nice and quickly and it's a few hours of it but it's a good few hours it's not overstaying it's welcome side quests 
are meaty. Some of them go on for a while, but the, the fact that they're usually different is great. A lot of the times I'm looking at a trail and running after it, but that's fine. Well, let me put it in these terms. Put it in those terms, Colin. I think that let's give you a buffer of, of a few hours. You're a better gamer than most. You're a more experienced gamer than most. So I, I can't imagine that it would take more than 50 hours based on what we've talked about and how far I've come that it, more than 50 hours where you get 100% rating. Now, uh, I played Witcher 3 for a comparable amount of time. Actually, I played it for about 40, 45 hours. Um, I was nowhere near anywhere you, near you weren't even on act one right? so so yeah no i wasn't yeah. actually so uh because i became so obsessed with the question marks on the map yep so no they're totally totally two different kinds and of and that's games. the thing is like this one is great with it hey there's an exclamation point or i come into a new area and hey there's three exclamation points i get those i come back i turn them in and there's that's it there's not another 12 exclamation points yeah, I mean, that, that was up. that was the horror of witcher 3 where i'd like yeah, go talk to someone and then, and then and then i'm like oh thank god and i go to the map and that question mark it's like five more question marks now. i'm like why it's like, why my why, my why? stop so uh yes it is way more in line with a ubisoft game but I even like, longer than that. I like the idea in the narrative we're starting to spread right now that Horizon Zero Dawn is like uh, Sons of Liberty, where it's like we—it's two hours of everything you've seen, and then Aloy goes to the moon, and there's fucking space marines up it's there. Crazy! It's not the first time you know Final Fantasy IV takes place on the moon too. Uh, Gus from Rooster Teeth asked this question: If you get disconnected from the internet during single pl- single player, do you get kicked back to the title screen and lose your progress? I don't know what kind of fucked up PC games you're playing, Gus, but no, you're fine here. It's a single-player game. Don't worry about it. This ain't some weird-ass... You ain't playing The Division. You ain't doing something weird over there. That said, I did... Not that it has anything to do with Horizon, but I was playing it, but it has more to do with PSN. I was playing it uh, not on my primary. I was at Aaron's the entire time I was playing, so I was playing on her PS4. Yeah. So I have to be you know, connected to the internet to play it because it is a digital oh, right. download, yeah, yeah. which is weird, by the way. Sony said this is a game digitally. They never send us AAA exclusives digitally. I, I can't think of the last one that, they, that we didn't get a case for. Can you? Gravity Rush 2? Triple A exclusive that we didn't get. I know, I know. It was was a a meatball (laughs) right down the plate for you. I'm trying to think. Wasn't Uncharted for a code? No. Okay. Uh, That's just an aside. So I was playing it digitally, and then the PSN was undergoing this random. It wasn't going major. It was just dying, and I couldn't play for like (laughs) a night. I was like, this sucks, man. Yeah. Um, So make sure you activate. And this doesn't work for you, I know. But for you out there, we've talked about this before. Another PSA for you. Activate your PS4 as your primary console. Even if it's your only PS4 and you're thinking it must know it's you have to go in and say you are my primary PS4 console in the settings and then this doesn't Then matter. you won't have any fiascos such as this. Don't worry about it. Uh, our next spoiler free Horizon question comes from Zyger. Zyger says, it's clear Sony wants to make Horizon into the next big PS franchise. Do you think this game will set the groundwork for it? Yes, 100%. We talked about this in the review, obviously, which is also spoiler free synopsis. Aloy's great story caught me off guard. Uh, It's the whole fucking world is awesome just to explore, to run around in the story. The story keeps you engaged. They introduce new characters. It definitely there's definitely the wink of how they would what, you know, what number two would be and all these different things like. I think they uh, clearly want that. You think they've already started working on it, I and I think so. that they'd be stupid not to, to. They 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 know they have to know they have something special here. And I mean, you're starting from the, us giving. We're not you know alone to say that in the past two years we've given it our E3 game of the show. Mm-hmm. It's gotten accolades on top of accolades, and it delivers on all of them. That's yep. the most important. It exceeds. I mean, that's what I was saying in the review was that it exceeds my expectations. I had high expectations for it. Um, but they exceeded my expectations in almost every way. I, I, I went out on the limb and said that, with the exception of The Last of Us, this is the best game to ever come out of Sony's first-party studios. Um, and uh, I stand by that 100%. You're never going to, or not never, but you'll, you'll rarely find a game of this depth and this, and this breadth uh, as an exclusive um, on a console. And I think that's what makes it special uh, for PlayStation audience as well. It's good for millions of copies sold, and I assume that the sequel is greenlit, and I would be surprised if they weren't already working on it, and I would be surprised if you didn't see it in the, within two and a half years. You know, like That's just, that's just me throwing out 
the, the spitballing because they have this architecture. They have that they the they, they rejiggered the Gorilla yeah. to make this game. Gorilla wasn't prepared to make a game like this, and this is not the kinds of games they make. And um, you made a you made the great point that you know in the review that this is this this is akin to Naughty Dog's jump from Jack to Uncharted. Yeah, them going back and making like I I had assumed that they were making Killzone. I think that there's rumors that they're probably not making that anymore. It'd be a fucking shame for them to ever make anything but this for a little while now. Yeah, because uh, this is so this is so far in excess. You figure? Of I mean, quality. and that's what's awesome about it is that the Gorilla team is made up of amazing, awesome, great folks. We've worked with for years but Killzone's always been that and it's an acquired taste oh it's not Halo oh don't never forget the fucking render pre-render trailer they put oh, out too. all that fucking yeah. garbage and like this is like that was real this is a hard stop to everything that's come before it you will not hear that that isn't the baggage people are going to attach to this anymore no. that people are going to be thirsty for this they're going to be dying for this I, today I'm 42 hours into this game I'm playing it and I have that moment of like oh fuck I hope there's DLC for this like that's how into this world. I'm like, yeah, just give me more quests, give me more I shit. I hope there's not. Around. Stop. Just, just put the game out and just move on to the next I would one. Lo- I mean, like, I, I hear you, and I would like that too. But I have to imagine there were side quests that got cut or something. There's gonna be some little expansion here or there. But I, I like you said before, uh, you and I both went media blackout on it. I'm not sure if they've ever talked about it before, but they delivered, so it doesn't matter. Uh, some little shit named Andy Cortez says, "Do you feel like the dialogue choices had an actual impact on the game?" No. Yeah, they're not dialogue choices in the way that this is going to offend somebody and make them not be with you. I think that it's sim- I talked about this in the uh, uh, Let's Play. Almost spoiled a game, another game's embargo coming up. In this Let's Play, uh, I talk about it or the four hours I played, the preview thing I did, where the wheel that pops up is just you coloring in the book it's similar to like a telltale thing where you're just shading aloy shading the story to be your thing but you can say whatever you want i think it's interesting the differences uh like i said i think i said in this video or last video uh i right before this i went through and beat it again to see if i could pop this trophy or whatever and when i went through it this time there's a conversation that happens and i picked another choice and it was oh wow like that's like her tone is so much different and like the delivery. So, and it was like, that's a much more interesting way. I went with a very, I went with the fist on the, for my first real playthrough, my canonical of like, no, no, fuck you. And this one, I was more like the heart and it's like, okay, this is a soothing thing, but overall it's just window dressing. It doesn't change anything. Yeah. I, I think it's totally meaningless apart from the, the direct, uh, the direct dialogue that happens right after you make the choice. Otherwise it just, it just snaps back in. So no, it's no way like Paragon renegade stuff like mass effect or anything like that. And, uh, I would say uh, I would go as far as to say that um, it's not even really needed. To be perfect. No, no, one hundred percent. Just th- like Uncharted, where I'm like, I don't even understand why this is here. Sure. No, I, I well, Uncharted, I still get because Uncharted, I, I think it was just that. Here's again, we're gonna let you. Here's the steak we're giving you. What kind of sauce do you want to put on it? You've been with it this long. Let's have a memory of what mattered to you, kind of thing. And this one, I think it is just that moment of it's a. This one's an interesting one because it's what I like about choice. I you know I didn't like paragon renegade decisions good or bad infamous decisions because once i pick the first one you're you're tied in just auto calibrate and now you pick them because you know what i'm gonna do because why would i fuck it up this one since they don't matter there is a little bit more to it of like well in this situation i'm feeling this so i want to do this i always use my brain you so for people that don't know you there there are just three options use your fist your yeah. brain or your heart yeah and, and the brain's kind of like in the middle and that's what i always use because i'm like i don't, yeah. I don't want it to be a bit but like but. so like this is a non-spoiler one but that first choice you know when we're first introduced to the system right there i went brain hand you know what i mean i went with the brain well, that doesn't make sense being you understand as somebody who's played it what i mean i went for the brain and then on the you know the final choice which you don't you haven't gotten to yet and again isn't like like you know do i blow up the moon or do i save the moon hard it's like, 
You got to be careful when you do that. Yeah, I know. You don't, oh man, fuck up the title, title pools and stuff like that for everybody back on Earth in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, the other one, I, in the, in the, but in the end though, I went with uh, the fist, right, on my real one. And like, it's not that she changed or what, it's just like a different situation of like, these are varying levels of degrees of what happened in the first choice and what happens in the final choice. Like, and I like the ability that I get to do that. And like, it doesn't matter. I didn't need it. It didn't take, keep me in or take me out, whatever. There was one specific choice I made. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a heart like fist choice or whatever. Yeah. It was like these, these other things where I'm like, I think this might've affected a side quest that I had access mm. to. I'm not sure that that's possible. So I don't really know. We can talk about it off, off camera. Yeah, of course. But, uh, other than that, in terms of like the actual choices, like the dialogue choices, no, I, I didn't. I didn't feel like they were needed, and and they don't affect anything. But yeah, they they show a different al- alloy depending. On, I hate that fucking name, by the way. But they they, they it it's a it's a really bad name. Well, it's because I yeah, it's just like all right, alloy. I mean, it's gonna. I I assume we'll get used to it, like we got used to Vita. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't ruin anything for me. Sure, she should have just been named Jessica. Oh, hey Jessica, <laughs> she's around all these different people. Hey Jessica, you want to go to the moon for us? Yeah, you got it. Boo. Um, but the dialogue choices. Uh, yeah, I agree. But here's something else I found interesting, and I think it spoke to, you know, people are asking about side quests, you know, comparing them to The Witcher and stuff. We talked about that in the review a bit, and the fact that I don't think they were fleshed out to that level, and I didn't care about them to that level. And I think what, what I noticed the most on it, and why I think that it stood out to me that I didn't care about these side quests the way I've cared about Fallout side quests or Mass Effect is that when the wheel pops up, when you're having these conversations, and as soon as they gave me the out, I usually took the out. R- very rarely was I like, the story you were trying to sell me is interesting enough that I'm going to investigate. And tell them, no, what about your sister? Like, oh no, why? Why are you upset? I was usually just like, all right, cool, I got it. I'll go kill oh, whatever. Really? Yeah, I, always, I always talk to everyone as much as they would talk to me. See, I usually am that way in an RPG, and this one I was just like, eh, but like, for certain people. Well, but then there was like people, the, the dudes you show up to when you first get to Meridian and they're arguing about what they want from you, if they want like this lens or that lens and stuff. Yeah. I was like, you guys are awesome. I hope you you come back and you never did. <laughs> I saw the I quarreling t- merchants talk to you once and left and I was like, blah. And I was like, you know what? Colin and I should have been voices for those characters because that, that's our, pretty much our relationship. Mario not bros says, what's the one thing Horizon Zero Dawn does best and the one thing the game does worst? That's a great question. Um, does best uh, gameplay. I think that the story obviously fundamentally sound, revelatory, fucking super interesting, setting amazing. When you find out when it really, where it really takes place and when, um, I think you'll be quite surprised. Uh, but I think the gameplay is just rock solid. I think yeah. the gameplay is just rock solid. Uh, Aloy feels great to control. Bow and arrow mechanics are great. There's different weapon choices, melee choices, stealth choices. Um, I think the gameplay is really what makes it. It's a similar. It's a similar situation to Fallout or to Far Cry, rather, where I'm like, I really love Far Cry. Uh, Far Cry three and Far Cry four, especially, are fucking phenomenal games. Um, but they're not phenomenal uh, at the level Horizon's phenomenal because while they have great gameplay and just really that great Ubisoft rope of things to do, um, they uh, don't really deliver super well on the story. I mean, the stories are interesting and they're fine, but this game delivers on all those fronts. But I, I think, you know, you fundamentally a game like this would not be fun to play if it wasn't fun to play. Yeah. And I mean, so I think you have to kind of defer to that. Yeah. For me, like in the, uh, everything you said is correct. For me, the thing it does best is the sense of wonder where if it's a story thread, if it's the revelation of what's about to happen, if it's, I just want to keep going and figure out what's going on. There's that, but then there is exploring the world. And I told the, you know, vague story about, you know, finding this hole in the ground and jumping into it and then finding out, but like, it's not just that moment. There were so many moments of it. And something I didn't talk about in the review that I want to give it props for is that it's a game that encourages you to explore. It doesn't penalize you. Like there are so many times, like you've, you've played these games where 
you, there's a fucking mountain. Something's at the top of the mountain. How the fuck do I get up there? And there's like the one path. And this is the, they did a great job of most of the time that was like, yeah, there's the path you're supposed to take, but you can hop on these rocks and really kind of break it. Yeah, and just roll press up, X over and over roll again. Roll up a hill and like yeah. get up there. And it's like, okay, I got yeah, up there. Right. And it was like, that's really liberating. It didn't annoy me. I was fun. I wanted to do that. But then like you said, like finding a new uh, monster, finding a new machine, going out and running into these things, finding new weapons, the weapons being rewarding. You know, I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I did the my uh, Hunter's Lodge quest line right before this. And so that's, you know, four, more than 40 hours into the game. And when they're like, oh, I'm going to give you a special weapon. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I've got, uh, I've already bought all these weapons. They're amazing. I won't need it. And I got them like, oh, fuck, these are better weapons. Like, shit, this is actually rewarding. Yeah, so this matters. Yeah. That's a great point, though, in terms of like pathfinding and stuff like that. Like the game, um, I always go back to Assassin's Creed 3, for instance, like where there was this thing on this ridge on the map and there's no you have no idea how to fuck to get there. It's just annoying. Like yeah. everyone, you're right. Like every game has these collectibles, for instance, where I'm like, how the fuck do you get this thing? Like this yeah. is so annoying and it makes you want to just put the game away. And the map is, uh, is like in terms of uh, topography is actually really interesting if you look at it because you could see the topography. It's not just a flat map or, or it's not one of those things where the slider where like you can only see certain parts of it and you slide it down and then like these are the higher parts and these are the lower parts. Yeah. It's just, it shows you in such a way where you can see how to get to everything you need to get. It's a very well-made game in that respect. Really good navigation system too. Where it is like you drop the pin or you drop whatever and then you run and it's doing the breadcrumb thing and not just saying go over here. It's giving you the actual like path. How, to, how to get there. And yeah. sometimes there's plenty of things where it's like, well, that your path sucks. I'm just going to run yeah, across run this straight. field. But then there are the points where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. How do I get up there? And then you do it like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's cool. I, I, I agree with you. I respect that. I think the game, the thing the game does worst, uh, and I talked about it a little bit at length in the review and I can't get too into it without spoiling it is I just think the dialogue is not good uh, at certain points. I think that... Um, the story and I, I want to sever that from the story and the narrative because I think those things uh, and the setting these are all phenomenally delivered. There's just a sense of disbelief uh, that you have you have you have to have um, kind of suspended, I guess, in order to be like, why are you talking like this and how do you know what the fuck you're talking about? It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like just no matter how you spin it, it doesn't make sense. So. People will understand what I mean, I think, when they play it. And that was a hang-up for me in the game. Not a critical hang-up, not an Achilles heel. But certainly one of those things where I'm like, how do you know what you're talking about? Like, it doesn't you, it just doesn't make sense. And, I, and again, I'm a writer, but I'm not clever enough to figure out the solution. So they probably weren't either. And that's that's I accept that. But yeah. that is, I think, the thing the game does worse. Uh, for me, yeah. For worst, it's I think it's first-time RPG stuff. We talked about in the review again where, yeah, the map's awesome and it's huge and I love that, but I can't turn things off. I can't toggle things. I, I'd like a little bit more information. There's not, like a, there's not a legend. There's not this. It's like little dumb stuff, but it's like if I have to sit there and do it. Plus, like, yeah, when you're talking to people, sometimes it looks super weird. Um, Andy says, does it match the expectations that you had for the game? Was the hype justified or were we fooled by marketing? It's wildly exceeded my expectations, hundred percent, uh, which were already very high. Uh, th- make no mistake about it. This is this is a powerhouse of a game, and uh, is going to do ex- sell millions of copies. Will spawn a franchise, and uh, we'll put Gorilla on the map in a way that Killzone was never able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's why they greenlit it, and I think that's why they were excited about it. I think that's why they uh, portrayed it the way they did over multiple E3s. I think that's why they delayed the game. I think it's all going to work out fine for them. Um, and I would be shocked if by 2019, 2020 we didn't get a sequel. Uh, Corey or Corey, Corey, I'll say Savas. This is how long is the end game replayability? Uh, that's up to you. I mean, the end game after you come back is clean up the side quests, the errands, the tutorial stuff you didn't do, which is what I'm doing now. Like I said, uh, 42 hours in right now. I figure at 45, I should have the platinum at 48, somewhere in there. If I slow it down, I don't think these errands are going to take me that long. And I think they have to then. 
I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is they're going to open a side quest that then gives me the final thing I need for the one trophy. Um, but it's all up to you. Replayability, there's none. I mean, you could go back and replay it on a harder difficulty like you Mass want, Effect but that's not what that. you want. Yeah, yeah, there's no choices, so why would you? Unsexiest Comedy said, was it worth passing on Neo and For Honor to make sure I get this on day one? Uh they're they're very different games i i i think, I, so. I think it was i mean i, I think so well i just I, I think so too i mean i i think for honor specifically and i could be totally wrong about this i think for honor has bomb written all over it and i'm not talking about from a critical perspective i just can't yeah, imagine. for honor is fun to play i enjoy playing i just for can't honor. imagine with all the things going on around it that for honor is going to resonate at all but i could be totally wrong about that so i don't think that that was necessarily a mistake there because i'm not sure with an online multiplayer centric game like that that you're going to have this environment rife for play in a few months the way you would at launch um so you kind of have, in other words lost your opportunity to play that game i think effectively if you don't get it at launch uh neo is very different game i think neo is awesome um but i think uh clearly horizon's better and i don't think you made a mistake by doing that but i would double back to neo as well uh renan quotillion says has tim played on playstation 4 pro good point yeah we've played on ps4 tim is playing on a playstation 4 pro he says it looks beautiful i think it looks beautiful on I a think normal it looks tv perfectly fine and runs perfectly fine on yeah. a ps4 um, we kind of answered that. Oh, Kyle Stevenson does the scavenging for parts and materials ever feel like a chore? No. The only thing that felt like a chore for me was when I just had too much all the time where I get it down to. All right, cool. Like I'm not going to get rid of all my wood because I use it for arrows and I'm not going to do this, but that. And it's like once in a great while you have a side quest where you talk to somebody and it's like, we need you to go get this. Oh, you already have it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I do. And so I hate deleting shit or selling shit that like there's things in the game that are specifically sell this to a merchant for shards. Then there's st- ones that are like or craft with it. And I, I couldn't get I hated. I hate getting rid of stuff, but eventually you just don't need any of it. Well, it I think that there's a, actually a really I'm sure you notice a really clever solution to this, which some games do, which I think is important, which is a buyback system. Um, yeah. So that if you sell anything to a merchant that you want to buy back later, you can do that um, if you need it for some reason, which I think is essential because of having there's no literal encumbrance here like Fallout, but there is an encumbrance in terms of like amount of items you can carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I found scavenging to be really satisfying in the sense that you just a triangle to scavenge, you a triangle again, accept everything, all, then yeah. you're just putting it all away. The game actually does something very clever that I have never really seen to the granular level that this game does, which is uh, with items, which is like you go into a merchant and you go sell things and it's like you'll need this for this, 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 yep, this yep, and yep, this. Yep, yep. And you'll see items where it's like all this item is good for is for scrap. So, you know, yep. you can get rid of it like with impunity. So in other words, the game kind of gears you towards like mm, you can sell anything you want, but you'll probably need this to craft later. So you might want to keep it where as this thing is really only good for trading and only good for uh, shards. And, then, and um, the big thing was like for me, like, you know, when I'm getting into it, I'm like, well, this is for using to make a, cor- you know, the corruptor arrows or whatever. And it's like, I've never ever, I don't use those. So I don't even need to worry about this. Right. I'll sell that material. That's not what I use it for. And if oh, I know I use, I use fire and ice a lot. Well, I want, well, I'm going to keep those around make sure I have that. The stuff. game does a really nice job, Greg, I think in this, this point of anticipating what you are anticipating mm. having a problem with. In yeah. other words, Everyone knows in a role playing game, it's like, oh, God, like, is there a penalty for selling this? Some games let you sell things, like, break the game in a way or break yeah. side quests. Like, this game doesn't let you do that. There's always a way out. Dylan Jones asks, do you see any game coming out this year that can surpass Horizon? Is Horizon Sony's best exclusive ever? Uh, not, not ever, but I think second best ever. Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's a stacked year for games yes. and like without, you know, I mean, we don't, I mean, just talk about this spring, right? It's, it's, we have uh mass effect, you have Zelda, you have persona. Like those are three fucking awesome games yeah, very, right there. You assume yeah. to be awesome games as well that are on the hype. Everybody's crazy about them. Like, what does that mean for horizon? I don't know. Let alone, what does that mean for fall when things come out and everything else? Starts well, happening? I mean, I mean, that's the thing, Greg, is that like Neo 
is certainly going to be people, some people's games of the year. Zelda, obviously, um, unless it turns into a Twilight Princess fiasco, is going to be great. Um, by the way, just on that note, I, I was looking at my email. And I'm like, fuck, I still have the Switch pre-order. So I was like, I was like, you uh, knew you're going to keep it. Well, I, I was Betty like, Ann I told you to keep she it, did, but I forgot. And I was like, oh, I'll just keep it. And then I, but I didn't realize I didn't order Zelda. So I went and ordered it because God knows you won't probably won't be able to download it. The P- Nintendo probably won't be able to connect to the Internet through the day the thing comes out. Um, but the big the big one that I'm surprised you're forgetting later in the year is Red Dead, um, mm. which is going to be a significant player in game of the year, not only because it's I'm sure going to be awesome, but because it comes out in the fall, which is always going to be more on people's minds. I think in a normal year, Horizon would easily like I can name years in past where I'm like Horizon would if it came out this year would have easily been the best game of the year. Um, it is certainly my favorite game of the year, uh, but it is as you said. I mean, Persona is going to it's be so huge. early in the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. my it's definitely my game of the year right now. But it's not. Like it's really got some player. Yeah, Mass Effect's going to be a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Red Dead's going to be a player. Uh, you have your usual Call of Duties and all those kinds of things. Plus, games we don't know about yet. So, so I yeah, it is going to be in that conversation, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, how deep are the RPL, RPG elements in the game compared to other open world RPGs? Not very deep. Uh, I think it's as deep as you would get in uh, Far Cry or uh, maybe a little deeper. Like you're not getting into Witcher level depth yeah. or the uh, skill tree is very basic. Go yeah. down, go down. Go, OK, you got them all. Now you want to go over there. You want to do this. This doesn't unlock without that. OK, but it's not like it's crazy branching no. anything. You can get it like we were saying in the review too. like you go through it and you know pretty quick which what you want from that skill tree. And then you kind of just forget about the rest. Yeah, I mean, that is one that is one of the bummers about the game. Not a bummer, but it's because it's, it, it happens, unfortunately, too common, too commonly in, in open world games, which is the, just the skill trees are not very thoughtful sometimes. And I'm not saying it's not thoughtful here. I'm just saying, like, I don't give a fuck. It's not super interesting. Yeah, like I'm just like, I don't even really care. You want a 30 percent. Uh, you can knock armor. I'm like, I don't ever I'm, use my staff to hit people. I'm always shooting from a distance and popping off stuff that way. Yeah. So, th- so the, that that is a problem. And the same thing I think goes for as I talked in the review, like you don't get to choose your own outfit like build it from scratch you buy different outfits that you wear that have you know buffs pros and cons and stuff to them you can slot mods on them you can slot mods on your weapons but the game i never felt like i was in the thing where i'm like oh shit i'm getting fucking destroyed by this guy who's using ice granted i'm playing on normal getting destroyed by this use ice i better put on my ice protective gear and put my mods in there to do the ice stuff like that didn't happen for on that level as an rpg weapon wise yeah like but it was more for like oh i'm in these hunt i'm gonna do these hunting challenges where they're telling me to freeze this thing before i attack it so go in get my bow put all my you know like plus 40 ice damage on all of them and then go out and use it but outside of that in a normal battle i'm like i'm doing fine yeah because most of the time what i would do and i don't know about you but it would be like all right cool look at scan him with the the focus the triangle that puts it in like detective mode all right cool he's weak to fire shoot him with fire arrows he lands then i just beat him to shit with my hard arrows you know what i mean like i wasn't like oh man i gotta do this do that dennis how do i get him right to where i want him to be uh, Gus says, what do you guys hope to see from the inevitable sequel? I can't talk about that. That's spoiling the game. Mm. I, well, I mean, what I want to see is just them improve upon everything. As I put in the review or in, in the review we just did, right? The fact that, yeah, like there's little stuff. Fix the map. Do this. You know, spice this up. Make your side quests. Make me come back to characters that seem interesting. Give characters more quirks. Someone, everybody seemed very vanilla in terms of the side quest. There's something very specific I want to see from the sequel, but I, I, can't, I can't talk about it. Space cows? Yes. Mm, 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 okay. Uh, Bowie says, how violent is the game? I want to show my young daughter Aloy, but I'm concerned the game may be too graphic. No, that's not violent. Yeah. Yeah. It really isn't. I think that like uh, the... the, uh, the oh, You can make an argument for the 
opening, not the opening opening, but the opening big moment before we go out on our own. Yeah, it's kind of rock. It's kind of rough, but it's not like gory blood gushing all this different stuff. And then you're beating the shit out of robots for the rest of the thing. I yeah, mean, you kill humans of, in the game, but but it's never it's, but it's, it's not, not gory. You no. shoot, you've seen you go watch the, you, a great example. Go watch the, the you know, the four hours or the let's play thing we put up uh, from back in the day where I, me going through the bandit camp where you shoot fucking bandits in the face and they just fall down. It's not like they're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> my moon suit. <laughs> puncture his moon suit that's how they get you and final question specifically straight up horizon zero dawn related comes from alex alex says hey guys long time first time with the release of horizon zero dawn next month and the hype surrounding it what do you see happening in the future for killzone do you think gorilla will release another killzone this generation or let it hibernate until the inevitable ps5 thanks for all you do in the last through the years I, i can't keep straight what i read about this uh my theory the whole time was that they were working on it already. Um, there seemed to have been an indication that so I, I, someone linked me to something where they're 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 not or 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 something like that. I I think it's it's entirely within the realm of possibility based on what we're seeing that Killzone might be dead. Um, although they don't really kill any of their IP, um, it can put come, it on it ice. Can come back later, yeah. just like Resistance. But um, part of me wants them to release Killzone because I think it would be cool to have this huge studio that's making two games at once or whatever but that seems to be something they're getting away with they tried to do that with Naughty Dog and then they got away from that because uh, it seemed to be maybe complicated in ways that we can't anticipate uh, so my, my what I assume is that Killzone's not in, in development because my original original theory was that Cambridge is working on Killzone yeah. um, which they're, they, they no longer exist so and this is obviously way more important. Yeah, I think I similar to what I said in the review where I think this is, you know, it's Jack and Daxter to Uncharted, Killzone to Horizon. Like they have something special here and they want to incubate, iterate on it because this is going to be a hit in a different way than Uncharted was because you're putting this out on the most po- popular console right now. People are going to snatch this up. People are going to go crazy for it. Whereas Uncharted got to be played by the hardcore fans and then build on that for Uncharted 2's big coming out party. Now more eyes than ever on this. They're starting, I think, ahead of where Uncharted uh, Drake's Fortune was. Oh, definitely. And like now it'll be now you have to sit there and think about like what the fuck this game will look like when they put out Horizon. Yeah, that's 2. a great point. I mean, this is this is not a Drake's Fortune level uh, effort. Yeah, Drake's yeah. Fortune's great, but. This is well beyond an excess of that. Yeah. Yeah. Horizon's awesome. Go watch our review. It's spoiler free for more on Horizon. But for right now, let's start the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 10 items on the list. A baker's dozen Horizon style. Moon, moon, moon. Number one. Think Sony isn't crazy enough to make a third handheld and official follow up to Vita. Think again. A patent from 2015 was recently dug up by NeoGAF, and the patent is for a portable PlayStation device with detachable controllers. What's interesting about this isn't only the device's existence in patent form, but that it was developed independently from Switch, even though it's so similar to it. In other words, Sony and Nintendo seem to have arrived at the same conclusion. Sony patents all sorts of shit it never uses or makes, just like every other electronics company, so that doesn't mean it's coming out or that Sony intends on deploying the device. Still, what it does show is that they're thinking about it, at the very least. And, uh... That's an important thing that kind of everyone's like, it's a switch, it's a switch guy. Guys, I'm like, guys, this was made totally like long before anyone had any idea what the switch was. Yeah. Uh, so no, it isn't a copy of the switch. They seem to have arrived at the, the you know, these aren't these, these detachable controllers or controllers on the edge of tablet like things are not, you know, these started actually even years before, before we saw switch. So it's not exactly a unique or novel thing, but still. Do it you is think like, we'll ever see this? I think we might. Okay. I think, I, I really think that. Uh, maybe not this, but I, I I will not give up the ghost that they, they might put another handheld out. And I, I, I simply say it for this reason. Smart businesses don't seed entire industries, entire segments of an economy to their competition uncontested. And that's what they would be doing if they didn't if they didn't continue to fight in the handheld space. And I just don't think it's smart business because they could they could stumble on something that's really great and really big. 
Vita outsold Wii U. So it's not like the Wii U's successor. We have a successor to the Wii U that I think will do fine. We'll see how it happens. But if the Wii U could get a successor, then why can't the Vita get a successor? And when, I feel like I'm, uh, you want to. Well, I was just going to say 3DS is at like 60 million plus sold. And the Switch is going to now play in that space. It, it, I know that they're trying. Nintendo is very much like, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a console, it's a console, but it really isn't. And it's not going to be looked at as one. And, and they're probably going to have to pivot off of that message eventually, especially when people realize that the consoles that are now and the consoles that we're going to see at E3, especially with Scorpio, are going to be well in excess of power of these things. And you don't want to play in that space. You want to play in the handheld space. Yeah. When Sony looks at that and they look at that and they're like, there's money to be made here. Like, we didn't do Vita right, but is this a way for us to do it right? Um, and so. I don't know the details of it. I don't. I would say if I was a betting man, I would never bet on them doing it. But I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. And I think it's smart business. To sp- we own a business, and it's so contrived. But to to make money, you must spend it. Sure. To, to, you must put yourself out there, and uh, they're they're re- really one for two. PSP was fucking huge. So it's not like, and I understand the PSP came out in a totally different climate, a totally different environment. Two thousand five was pre smartphone, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But 60 million 3DSs sold is nothing to fucking laugh at. If Sony could even reach half of that number with a with a successor to Vita, they would be stupid not to do that. 30 see, million I feel like, is a lot. I feel like what'll stop it from the fact that you're saying like you know you don't want to seed the hill, you don't want to give up this market space is that I feel like that was the messaging with Vita. I feel like that with PSP, yeah, it sold really well, right? But popular opinion behind it wasn't like like it was a huge success. We feel it was. I loved my PSP. Well, no, we feel know. it was, but it was 80 million units. Is, is Sure, but it, but it was for homebrew. Like there was such a up, uh, an uptick for that. People who weren't buying UMDs and weren't playing fucking Secret Agent Clank. You know what I mean? Like they weren't seeing that kind of turnover. And I think Vita was their thing of like, all right, we're not going to give up this market. We're going to try and we're going to put two sticks on it. We're going to give you trophies. We're going to add in all this touch stuff. We're going to do it. And like when that went down even worse, I think that was when they were like, all right, we just don't, I don't know if we can care. I don't know if we should care anymore about this. And I think that we've talked about it before on this show. Like you can see it. The PlayStation is changing again. Like they are very much not even who they were when they launched PlayStation four, when they were very humble and were about games. And this is a gamer system. Da da da. That PlayStation, I think would have made a handheld and put it out. And then it would have been different. But now you already see it. Seven back. Well, all right. E3 this year, no shoe, no Adam, nobody at, you know, we don't want any of those guys out there. Just put out the games, let them run, just show all the new games, AAA stuff only, no, no indies, no, 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 no need for that. We'll do that at PSX somewhere else down the line, da, 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 da. And that's what you continue to see now where, you know, PSX is that, but PSX doesn't talk about Vita. You know what I mean? Other than Geo holding it up and saying, and eh, the Vita, mm. like, I just think that they're, I think they're trying to make money. And I think that they need, they, like, as I'm sure we're about to get to here in a second with uh, what's happening with PlayStation now, like they're moving in a way where they're trying to cut losses, which then makes you think they're focusing on PS4 and they're, th- they're focusing in quotes on, on VR and like what that means and what that looks like. I don't know yet. We'll see. I mean, I think will. you're probably right, but number two, the crash bandicoot insane trilogy is coming a lot sooner than we all thought. The collection of the three core crash bandicoot games from the PS one reworked, enhanced and redesigned for a new era. It's coming to PlayStation 4 on June 30th. June 30th is an almost infamous faux release date in the industry, since it happens to be a final placeholder date commonly used for second quarter releases. But make no mistake about it, that's the actual date Activision and Sony have identified. I'm just throwing that out there because June 30th obviously is notorious. Just like December 31st. Yeah, it's like, it's like that date means nothing usually. But it and it's Tim's something. birthday, which is really weird. That is weird. This is like the game he wants the most. It's very strange. Number three. The MPD group has revealed the best-selling games for the month of January 2017 across both retail channels and digital. 
MPD is now taking a new, much more interesting tact in giving us a glimpse at the 10 best-selling games in the States across all platforms and then breaking it down by platform, which is this is kind of awesome. Uh, so this is an addition to their digital uh, front now. So now MPD is actually very relevant again. Okay. It was becoming extremely irrelevant, and they've fixed that, which is good. MPD, a good Long Island company. Overall, these are the best-selling games for the month for January in the U.S. across retail and digital, regardless of platform. So this is platform agnostic. Number one is Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, then Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Grand Theft Auto 5, Battlefield 1, NBA 2K17, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Madden NFL 17, Watch Dogs 2, Overwatch, and FIFA 17. It's important to note digital sales are not counted for Overwatch there, uh, indicating it likely charted far higher. On PS4 only, these were the top 10, and this is where things get interesting. This is both retail and digital combined. Resident- Gravity Rush 2. Nope. Resi- Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue was number two. Dork. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was three. Grand Theft Auto 5. Battlefield 1. NBA 2K17. Madden NFL 17. Watch Dogs 2 at number nine. Tales of Berseria. Woo! And Final Fantasy 15 at number 10. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's very interesting. I'm not saying that Tales sold anywhere near what Final Fantasy's poll was in November and December, but that's fucking interesting. To me, Final Fantasy 15 seems to be plummeting. Yeah, we, um, people who wanted it got it. Yeah, they got it all right. <laughs> uh, number four, NIS, everyone's favorite niche games publisher, has confirmed or reconfirmed, depending on the game in question, its vast commitment to both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita in 2017 by announcing or reannouncing a batch of games that are coming to PS4, Vita, or both sometime this year. Most importantly, we have released date for Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony, which will launch on both PS4 and Vita on September 26th. You excited? Yes. You like the, Mamakuma? Oh, I love Mamakuma. The company also confirmed that it's bringing action RPG East 8, East uh, Lacrimosa of Dana to PlayStation 4 and Vita sometime in the fall of 2017. Fighting game Tohu Kabuto 5 Burst Battle is coming to PS4 and Vita in the summer. Strategy game Tokyo Tattoo Girls is coming to Vita at some point later this year. Operation Babel New Tokyo Legacy will launch on Vita on May 16th. And finally, Cladden Returns This is Sengoku has a release date on both PS4 and Vita of June 6th. Thanks, NIS. And seriously, thank you, NIS. They support it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Appreciate you. Number five. If you use PlayStation Now somewhere other than your PS4 or PC, you'll only have about six more months until you're relegated only to those devices. Sony has revealed that PlayStation Now support will be discontinued for PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation TV, Sony Bravia TVs released in 2013, 2014, and 2015, all applicable Sony Blu-ray devices, and all applicable Samsung TVs as of August 15th, 2017. If you use PS Now on those devices and have no interest in or, or need to use it on PS4 or PC, be sure to investigate how this will affect you when you will need to cancel your subscription. Etc. Curs four says, Dear Colin and Greg, I have to admit I had asked a different question, but in light of the announcement that PlayStation Now support is being phased out on PS3 and Vita, I have come back and amended my own. What is the future of PlayStation Now? Is the acquisition of Gaikai slash PS Now a weight around the legs of PlayStation, or will it form an in- in- integral part of future systems? Whilst I admit that 99% of the time backwards compatibility doesn't sell consoles, it can be seen as a great marketing coup for Microsoft that they can say X amount of games are available on our console and include thousands of Xbox 360 games. Sony paid approximately $380 million for the technology. Is this a sign that they have given up on streaming or is it just them refocusing on a larger install base? My assumption is that PlayStation Now is a massive mistake. Here's here and guy, the which guy is crazy. We all thought it was going to be a big deal. This is the future. They were doing something. Yeah, this was this was the this is they, they spent four hundred million dollars or something on it. It's a drop in the hat for a company like Sony, but but they probably lost on it. Here's why: it seemed novel all the way, all the way, all the way until last E3. Not actually two E3s ago, 
right? Backwards yes. compatibility. Yes. Two E three goes. Yes. Xbox One's much more elegant and for, forward thinking and consumer friendly. Above all else, solution to backwards compatibility is the reason that PlayStation Now is going to be increasingly irrelevant, and why Sony really needs to figure out what the fuck they're doing with this. I do not still to this day understand. I, I am sure that it is a problem uh, that has to do with the way the device runs and the cell processor and all that. But why can't you emulate a PS3 on PS4 and then let people play their PS3 games on it? Like why? Like what is that's what Microsoft did. So why can't that happen on the PlayStation on the PlayStation 4? And I think when people saw that, I said at that E3 in 2015 that that was the biggest moment of the show because what it showed was that Sony was like in a corner tinkering, like with a nuclear bomb, very complicated years, years in the making and, and very finely tuned, very complicated. And then, and then Microsoft's in the other corner being like, we'll just use a hand grenade. Here it is. It exists and we don't need to worry about it in here. And it works. And Sony's over there tinkering, like splitting the atom. Meanwhile, Microsoft's like, here's a really elegant, straightforward solution. That's going to garner us a lot of goodwill. And it has and expand our fucking catalog exponentially, which it did. So I think that's the reason why they have to, but they're not getting ready for PlayStation now. They're focusing on those platforms and I'm sure they're not going to let go of it, but they I mean, need to figure out. A re- I mean, here I think it's multifaceted, right? Is the way that I think in what we always talk about with PlayStation, this has been the our argument about exclusives and how, why aren't they making more exclusives, putting more exclusives out? They didn't need to worry about exclusives. They're the best selling console without the exclusives, right? They're the best selling console now without backwards compatibility. And I'm sure they look at their PlayStation now numbers and they're down way down. It's not, I don't know people who use this. We got to, few questions and the things of I rent them every so often da, 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 da. I think that you're seeing people not use the platform and then the platforms probably the people who want to make it better is being held back by the fact that it needs to work on all this shit and the Vita is less powerful than a smartphone now so it's like that doesn't work we can't do so you start cutting that away you get you get it to where you focus on a PC and a PS4 maybe you can do something cool with it maybe you can make it matter again maybe you can make someone care about it but in general I think it is the thing that again with the changing tides of PlayStation like Nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like SharePlay was a big SharePlay and Gaikai and all these things people talked about during the PlayStation 4 presser. That was like awesome, right? Like that was all these great ideas we have and what's going to make PlayStation 4 popular. When the PlayStation 4 got out, what made it popular was people really like the fucking games. They're playing games on it. They don't care if there are games or third party or whatever. So cool. We don't have to worry about it. And like SharePlay eventually came and it wasn't a big deal. Like we thought it was going to be when we first saw it. And same thing with this PlayStation. Now Gaikai isn't a big deal when, but we thought it might be. And things change. They all evolve well i think sony was playing it from a from the from a number crunching bean counting perspective and i think microsoft played it from a pyrrhic perspective and what ended up happening was that the 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 move towards wasn't quite as the move microsoft made wasn't as pyrrhic as it seemed because and the reason i say it's pyrrhic is because they were clearly going to win the battle but at what cost because doing this set like now is like well we don't need to make backwards we don't need to make collections anymore we don't we can't make a gears of war collection now because we don't have to and we can't make money on that we can just make but someone already owns gears on the xbox 360 then they automatically own an xbox one so we're also not making any money there in other words it opens up the xbox 360 marketplace in a very unique way to xbox one players but a lot of those players already own those xbox 360 games so this was a sunken cost for them they did it to make themselves look good and it was a very smart move and they needed that they needed a win they needed goodwill but Sony played it in a much more safer way, being like, well, why would we make Uncharted available on PS4 when we can sell it again? Why would we do all these things? And it's like, well, you'll it, it, the die is cast, dude. Like, just like you have to look at some of the moves Sony has made as just being disastrous to play to, to the Xbox One's ability to succeed on the market. So, too, is Microsoft going to make decisions that will force Sony's hand? And this is one of those decisions. And this is one of those things where I, I would... 
I'd be shocked if they weren't investigating how to make backwards compatibility a thing on PS4. Like it's it's ridiculous. You can't even play PS1 classics on a on a fucking PS4. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like it, it, it it's just weird. Your PS1 classic library is isolated to the PS3 and the Vita. As like so, but again, they're being too fucking cute, you know, and 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 that's one of the, and that's a problem where they they have to get back down to brass tacks and be like this. You can absolutely, I I refuse to believe that you cannot emulate a PS3 on a PS4. Well, this is interesting because it's uh, I think I have it'll come up eventually, but you know, last week's show was like you know p- trophies are broken. You know, here's all the problem with trophies. Blah blah blah. A uh, 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 kid wrote in. And he's like, you know, well, you know why they're broken. It's just because they don't care. The percentage of people who care about it are so small. Like, think about how many PS4s are out there. And it's not. And I'm, and I'm like, well, yeah, we know that. We're just talking about it. We're talking to our audience about it. But that's true. And I bet it's the same thing here, right? Where they're like, we put out PlayStation Now, and this is the thing. And But people aren't complaining about not having backwards compatibility. They're not using PlayStation Now, and they're not complaining in droves and millions that are out there of like, they want to play fucking Infamous 2 on this thing. Nobody's saying it, so why should we fucking care? Right, because I think that I, I, it's true, but I think, well, there's two things. I think that way more people think, care about trophies than, than you think, and that's your most hardcore fan base. So those are the people I know. Who Don't play get me wrong. It. I understand the argument, but I'm saying, again, this PlayStation that seems to be trending back a bit towards, all right, we're on top. What do we, you know, let's double down on what works. In the main, you're right. Just because the. The, the thing is, is though that I think people don't want it because they know it's not possible. They're, they're used to a Sony that literally just removed backwards compatibility from PS3. Like it could play PS2 games until it couldn't. They just were like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Everyone's like, well, it's kind of weird, right? Like so, so ever since then, we're conditioned as the hardcore. See, this is the the catch twenty two is that the casual gamer doesn't care or is not going to say anything or does doesn't know how to. They're screaming into a fucking pillow. They have no idea how to fucking. <laughs> they have no idea how to fucking get their message out. <laughs> But, but the hardcore audience that would say something has already complained about this many times, yeah. but is so conditioned as a PlayStation fan that that's just not possible in quotes that they just are going to are going to bitch about something else. And they also understand that the things that they do bitch about in droves, Sony just ignores anyway, like name changing, for instance, which people have been bitching about for 10 years. So Sony is very selective in this way. But my 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 notion here is that backwards compatibility for Xbox fans didn't seem like a big deal until it happened. And then it was a really big deal because then it opened up this whole library and it, and it showed you the possibilities. I think the same thing you would happen here is if Sony went and was like, you can play your PS3 games now on, on PS4 digital. You can't put your discs in and we don't know how to make that happen. It's not possible, but yeah. you can di- digital games are available. Enjoy journey. Again. Suddenly, even the journey's out. suddenly you have this library of, of awesome games. Suddenly people care again because they, they know that, Oh, we, we can care now. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I think it's kind of like a, like, like the, the scared cat, like you beat the cat enough as I know you do. You like to beat cats. I beat cats left. And then right. the cat's always going to be afraid of you. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same. It's a, it's a similar thing where it's like, well, why, why scream about this? They don't fucking listen to anything we say anyway. So we've been screaming about literally all of this shit for years and they don't care. Yeah, clearly. So, yeah, I mean, I think well, I think it's a conditioned response. In other words, sure. I don't think it's necessarily. It's a like, vote with your wallet thing, though, right? Yeah, we've been screaming about it, but we still buy the consoles. We still buy the games. We still sure. buy the stuff. Same thing with Nintendo. Yeah, we'll see how that all works out. Uh, number six, maybe deep down hasn't been abandoned after all. <gasps> Capcom has filed a new trademark for the game spotted by game, uh, website Gamatsu. That's only a little over a week old as of the time we're recording this podcast. The patent was filed on February 9th. Seemingly as a, fa- a failsafe redundancy as the original Capcom filing from 2013 remains valid. Deep down, a procedurally generated third-person dungeon crawling RPG of some sort was shown off during the PS4's initial reveal in February of 2013. Capcom hasn't spoken on the record about the game since 2015, however, and most assumptions were it had been abandoned or canceled. This seems to suggest otherwise. It is worth noting, uh, I played Deep Down like years ago, yeah. before the PS4 even came out. So this is... Uh, 
I was in Japan, I think. And yeah, that was the story I told about how the woman that was showing the demo couldn't speak English and I couldn't know, I didn't know how to invert my controllers and she was like laughing at me because I was so bad. Uh, she, you ruined her perception of American gamers forever. I, I know she'll never, she tells that story. Um, so we'll see. He deep, couldn't even I think, walk. I think, I mean, from, from when I played it deep down, it was not good. Mm. So it was super clunky and boring, but it was also in Japanese. Number seven. Publisher Bethesda has confirmed that it will indeed do another E3 press conference this year. It's third overall and third in a row on Sunday, June 11th. It will air at 7 p.m. Pacific time that night and will, of course, be streamed for all over the Internet. This is when we'll presumably get a look at what machine games and Tango Softworks are working on, though who knows what will ultimately be shown off. Also worth noting that Microsoft has moved uh, and will be shown earlier Mm -hmm. that day, um, which I think is really smart. And that's what uh, my column was right will be about this week. Because I haven't done one about Microsoft yet. Fucking fanboy bullshit. You suck and I'm going to fucking, fucking ream them. And then the next week is going to be about how great place it is. <laughs> Actually, that might exactly be the sequence of events. We'll see. Number eight. GameSpot has relayed interesting information garnered from an ESA report titled Video Games in the 21st Century. The 2017 report. The information notes that the average salary of a developer at an average studio in the United States is $97,000 as of 2015 with average developers in California making an average of $113,000 a year. Game studios and developers currently work in all 50 states, including the capital, with publishers working out of 44 states. 65,678 people are employed by the gaming industry in the United States, adding $11.7 billion to the American GDP in 2015. I thought that was interesting. That is good. That's good. That's some good facts, Colin. Remember those for me, okay? You know I will. Number nine, a brief congratulations to developer Relogic and publisher 505 Games as it has been revealed that Terraria, originally launched in 2011 on PC, has surpassed 20 million units sold. Goddamn. The 2D action sandbox game that's kind of like a side-scrolling Minecraft in a way came to PS3 in March of 2013, Vita in December of 2013, and PS4 in November of 2014. Um, apparently, a uh, lion's share of the sales have been in the last 18 months. That game is still crunching along, uh, so congratulations to the millionaires of Relogic. Me. Never clicked Me neither. Me. Number 10. So wrap up. Wrap it up, Colin. Survival game Kona is coming to PS4 on March 17th. Puzzle platformer Snake Pass is coming to PS4 on March 28th via Sumo Digital, the studio responsible for a little big planet three. First person shooter Mother Gunship is coming to PS4. That can't be right. FPS Mother Gun. Is that right? No, that's not right. It's not an FPS. It's a real time strategy. I'm going to fix that. You're going to fix it in real time. RTS, that's right, Mother Gunship is coming to PS4 at an undetermined time in the future. Free-to-play MMO Skyforge is coming to PS4 at some point this spring. Action-packed Starblood Arena is coming to PSVR on April 11th. Boop, boop. Action RPG Vikings Wolves of Midgard has a release date on PS4 and will launch on March 28th. And oh, finally... Actually, we did a Let's Play that. That game was actually interesting. Finally, developer Starbreeze has confirmed that Payday 3 is now in active development. Starbreeze. Though we're nowhere near seeing the final game. And that is all for the news. Colin, you know I love rubbing my snake. So t- in the snake pass seems pretty goddamn interesting with your physics and your snakes and your fucking limp snakes. Mm. But if I don't know it came to mom and grop shops this week, where would I go? You go to the official upcoming list of PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation VR, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software. By the kind of funny co-founder. A pixel story comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. It's out the 24th, so it is a Friday release. In a world hidden deep inside your computer, an unlikely hero is about to re- is about to appear. I'm sorry, not reappear. A tale of platforms and perils of magical teleporting hats and sarcastic software of thieving seagulls and maniacal operators. It's no fairy tale. It's a pixel story. Okay. There's a lot of words in that one. Yeah. ACA Neo Geo Neo Turf Masters comes to PlayStation 4 Digital out the 23rd, so that is a Wednesday release. Released by SNK in 1996, players can choose from a total of six golfers with different abilities and play on courses located around the world, such as Australia or Germany. Oh, wow. I was just in Australia. Players can test out their golf game skills against friends with game modes such as stroke play 
and match play. Colin, I love you and I play. play stroke play all the time at home. <laughs> stroke play two, three times a day. Berserk and the band of the Hawk comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. We actually got, uh, first of all, the spelling error. We have here. Copy. Way to go, Clements. Whoa! Uh, uh, also, uh, we, we, yeah, we got the digital copies. I haven't played it. Behold the fierce blend of Warriors and Berserk in a band of the Hawk. The action of cutting through hundreds of enemies fundamental to the Warrior series is fused together with the dark and gruesome atmosphere of the world of Berserk. Making various heretofore... <laughs> God. Making various heretofore unseen acts possible. What the fuck? All right, Middle English. Such as using a giant man-sized sword to cut enemies in half as well as smash or send them flying with a slash and smash actions. Is this a... Is this an Omega Force game? I don't... I don't... I'm confused Otherwise, why would, they, why would they invoke... I mean, whatever. Chime Sharp comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Place pieces, paint the board, make music. Chime Sharp is a sequel to 2009's Charm, a musical puzzle, uh, puzzle game with an addictive ambient heartbeat. You tessellate shapes to cover a grid while a beat line reads those shapes as notes. As you cover the board, the music builds to a beautiful crescendo oh, of your own design. I, I remember, beautiful I remember Chime. I feel like I might have reviewed it, but I don't think that's true. Clouds and Sheep 2. Just say you did. Who cares? That's a good point. Comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Feed them, play with them, and they'll love you back. Solve countless quests and fulfill your woolly friend's needs. <laughs> Plant grass, flowers, trees, and decorate different pastures to make them even more beautiful. Control the clouds and make it rain or protect your flock from dangerous thunder. Provide your sheep with food, accessories, toys, and more, and style them with funny costumes. Let's become the best shepherd in the world. Let's do it. Malicious Fallen. Oh, Jesus. Comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Why? why, why? Malicious on PS3 was fucking okay, terrible. Okay. When the forces of ultimate evil are unleashed on the world, only the spirit vessel can hope to subdue them. Malicious Fallen includes spirit the complete vessel. story so far and adds two brand new chapters, Pursuit and Demise. Experience the thrilling finale of Malicious Saga, remastered, enhanced, and expanded for PS4. Malicious was this game on PS3 where you only fought bosses, and it was so fucking boring. Mm. Mervel's A VR Adventure comes to PSVR Digital. With merely a sword and a few coins, your quest begins in Mervel Countryside. The pages of the great Marvel book have been scattered throughout the land and Stop the dark sorcerers <laughs> Palazar the evil has risen from the shadows. It's up to one brave hero to collect the lost pages, rebind the great book and defeat Palazar once and for all. Will that Marvel be you? <laughs> <laughs> we get it. The goddamn game is called Marvel. Fuck. Night in the Woods finally comes out. The PlayStation 4 digital. College dropout May Borowski returns home to a crumbling former mining town of Possum Springs, seeking to resume her aimless former life and reconnect with the friends she left behind. But things aren't the same. Home seems different now, and her friends have grown and changed. Leaves are falling, and the wind is growing colder. Strange things are happening as the light fades, and there's something in the woods. Now, a night in the woods. Yeah. This is the one where you're playing around as the your animals, right? You're, yeah. Okay, but it's a, it's narrative, right? Like it's uh, somebody tried. To, I think the developers or the PR people were like, "You like going home? You might like this game." Is that correct? Am I talking about that one? I don't remember them saying that to me, but okay, <laughs> the game you're describing something. All right, cool. Yeah, I've, I heard about that one forever ago. It's, it's finally coming though. Okay. Uh, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin hey! comes to PS4, uh, PSVR rather, digital. Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin is an all-new virtual reality adventure that takes players back into the mysterious and paranormal world of the Psychonauts for the first time in more than ten years. Once again, players will assume the role of Raz, an intrepid young psychic and now fully-fledged member of the Psychonauts, an elite group of international psychic secret agents. If you want to know more about Psychonauts, you can t catch Tim Schafer over on the Kind of Funny Games cast where he talks about if making Connect games was a mistake, if that's going to happen with PlayStation VR, and he also, we talk about a lot of people who've quit his company. I'll give it up to, to Double Fine. They make a lot of games, and they go to places that they probably should have never gone, and they are still here. Artists. It's very interesting. Yeah. They still exist. Yeah. They should have been killed five times based on some of the decisions they made, but they're so fucking That's good. That's the question the I, I, I straight up asked them. I'm like, you know, was like you know, all the Connect games you made, were they successes by any stretch of the imagination, like by money or by like, you know, sales? What do you say? No and no. 
<laughs> he's very honest. It's a great, it's a great conversation. It's a success. He, he talks about, you know, letting his team grow and letting them do things and try different you know, technologies. Right. It's, they're a very interesting studio to me because yeah. I have no idea. Like, and I don't mean I have any disrespect. They make great games, but I'm, I'm like, how are you still in here? Like they must make wise investments elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Typo man comes to PlayStation 4 digital. Hey. Typo man is a 2d puzzle platform where you slip into the role of a character made of letters, struggling to make your way through a dark and hostile world. Despite your small stature, you have a powerful gift. You can crack words to alter your environment, but choose your words wisely. They can either be a blessing or a, or curse. a curse. Vaccine comes to PlayStation 4 digital. Vaccine is a new approach on survival horror. It says horror, by the way, inspired by those of the nineties. You can choose between the two members of a special biohazard rapid response team, each starting with their own unique abilities. They are trapped in a strange house populated by dangerous mutated creatures. They will have to find a vaccine for another team member who is infected with a deadly virus. Speaking of vaccines, you know what game needs to come back is trauma center. We need more trauma centers. Remember how good trauma center was? I thought you were going to say like I have polio or something like, oh, that's terrible. Speaking of vaccines, Colin, I caught polio since we last talked. (laughs) Yeah, I remember trauma center. Trauma center. The original trauma center was a Wii launch game, wasn't it? I only remember. I remember. I thought it was a DS, and then it no, eventually yeah, maybe came became the. Wii. I'm thinking of one of those medical games that was a Wii launch game. No, there was there was a Wii trauma center that came oh, out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a launch. Warhammer 40k Death Watch comes to PlayStation 4 Digital is out the 24th, so that is a Thursday release. Death Watch is a turn-based strategy game set on the edge of Imperial space, where your space marines will engage the Terranids. I guess that's right. In a series of tactical engagements, I'm not nearly nerdy enough to know about Warhammer. From your war-ravaged cities to the insides of Tyranid bioships, your mission will seek to kill your kill team. I'm sorry. Your mission will see your kill team rise in strength and skill as you face ever greater threats and peril. They're coming at me now. They're coming after me because I said I wasn't nerdy enough. The Warhammer like, oh, you're, sir, you're, sir, you're nerdy enough. <laughs> I remember that Anthony Gallegos told the story about how he used to work, paint Warhammer figures in his garage, and then yeah. someone opened the garage once when he was in there, and it was like girls or something there, and he like quickly hit all of his Warhammer figures. Like. Sounds about right. Warhammer Quest comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Lead your group of brave adventurers through the perilous dungeons of the Warhammer world in search of wealth and glory. Level up your party of heroes, loot weapons, armor, and mysterious artifacts from full-on enemies. Crush orcs, goblins, trolls, and more ferocious enemies. I know, I don't want to talk about it either. What lurks in the darkness, only the mightiest warriors will survive. The bullshit siren's going off. (laughs) Uh, Interesting seeing Warhammer games come out. I feel like Warhammer games just stopped after THQ went under. Yeah. Um, they should have taken the hit. They had that third person shooter that some people actually liked. I can't remember what it was called, the Warhammer game. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, that I'll never remember the name of because I don't really give a fuck. Sure. The final game that comes to uh, PlayStation 4 is one that I'm very excited about that I reached out for a code for today. East Origin comes to PlayStation 4 East. Digital. Following a devastating demonic invasion, the twin goddesses use their magic to bring the inhabitants of legendary East safely into the sky. While the demons work to construct Devil's Tower and reach the humans' new abode, the goddesses disappear. As a mighty warrior or a cunning mage, you must seek the goddesses in Devil's Tower with your swordsmanship and, sk- and spells. Can you banish evil from I the can. land of your ancestors? Oh, I can. Don't worry uh, about it. East Origin is a prequel to all the East games, even to East 1. So I'm looking forward to playing that, and uh, that's on the news that East 8 obviously coming out in the fall. As a proud Mervin, I can tell you I can vanish, and I can banish. And you I like East Celsida. I did. Yeah, that was a good Vita game. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that one's not coming out to PS Vita. or It might be, but it's not day and date. I just need something else to play. On the Vita? Or just in general? Just kind of generally. Okay. I, I want to play Sniper Elite 4, so I might, I might get back to that. But And Neo, I want to get back to that. Well, we're going to get Mass Effect soon, I, assume, I was going to so. say, yeah. Well, I got, I, yeah, There's that's coming up eventually. You got that other game that's embargoed. That's true. We've had that for a long time. Yeah, well, it, that's what happens when the one embargo game arrives, and then the next day Horizon arrives. I'm like, fuck. And your, your embargo is so much closer. It's kind of crazy how early we got that game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not Horizon. The other one. Um, that's it for the uh, the games. I would say pick of the week should probably be East. I don't really I don't really know anything else about it. Yeah, Night in the Woods sounds interesting, but I don't know enough about it to tell you anything yeah. about it. 
Do you have a what time is it? 704. Wrong, it's trophy time, Colin. Whoa. What's happening in the world? That, got, that got today? me. That's a that's a rare win on your part. <laughs> yeah. You're like the Colorado Avalanche of the PlayStation world. You Jeremy only win Ronick. once in a while. Jeremy Rogue was never on the Colorado Avalanche. Well, uh there aren't many new wait, games. Oh, he went Phoenix? Is that where he went after Chicago? He went somewhere after Chicago. He went to the Coyotes. Ah. Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix, yeah. Uh, which was weird. When I, they had those awful, like yeah, Indian like, inspired. No, no they don't uh, like that. I one wanted there. one for a while when they when Nikolai Habibulin played on the Aval- or on the uh, Coyotes. I want. I asked for a Nikolai Habibulin jersey, and, and mercifully, I asked for three jerseys, and mercifully, I only got the Avalanche jersey that I asked for. I didn't get the uh, that fucking hideous monstrosity. Okay, now how does that work out? You can like other hockey teams. Oh, back in the no, back in the day, I was so into hockey. I had. When I was a kid in the 90s, yeah. I had uh, probably more than half of the NHL's jerseys. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I used to just wear them to school. Sure. Okay. And, you know, Oilers and the Sharks. And the Did you ever have a Whalers one? No, I never had a Whalers jersey. Mm. Um, it wasn't as cool to have a Whalers jersey. I always wanted a Winnipeg Jets jersey, but the old Winnipeg Jets jersey. Um, For Chris Jericho. I want a go- exactly. I want a Golden Seal jersey, the old co- California team from the 70s. Okay. Okay. Um, they only played for like two years. Cleveland Barons. I want. I, I would love to get like the rare NHL teams that are like, who the fuck are the Cleveland Barons? The Colorado Rockies were a hockey team. They mm-hmm. moved to New Jersey, became the New Jersey Devils in 1982. Who are so, the Devils? The Devils. Okay. Um, you know what Seinfeld line I've been thinking about a lot lately? Mm. That great one where uh, <laughs> when he surprises his parents and his mom's like, come on, something always exciting happens when Jerry visits. <laughs> it's like the best almost break of a fourth wall yeah. ever because their life when he's not there, nothing's yeah, happening. Nothing happens, whenever so- he comes, some crazy zany any adventure happens with that with everyone hates them at their or at the yeah boca del whatever boca del vista, del del vista. Boca vista. <laughs> uh okay uh only two games worth talking about here uh east origins trophies are up uh 15 bronze nine silver six gold and a platinum uh seems like uh nightmare difficulty is going to be necessary for you to get the platinum trophy in the game since you're gonna there's multiple ones tied to that it's a bunch of trophies for story related things i saw a spelling error in here i thought but yeah there it is mass murderer there's a silver trophy for mass murderer kill ten thousand enemies enemies e-n-n-e-m-i-e-s everyone's really paying attention at sony keep it up guys uh over uh what happens when you write directly into the excel sheet I, i know how this happens you can't, you can't do that. I gotta write somewhere else. Keep it up, Sony. You guys are really on the ball over there on PSN. Uh, uh, for Psychonauts, Yee. in the Rhombus of Ruin, nine bronze, two silver, one gold, and zero platinum. Uh, rescue Mila, rescue Lily, rescue Sasha. So all these trophies tied to that. The big thing I want to talk about here that I was disappointed about was that there is no platinum, uh, indicating that the game is uh, not long enough. Although, to be fair, uh, Double Fine often shits the bed with its trophies if sure. you haven't been paying very close attention. So I want to say I asked Tim point blank what he what they you know the runtime for Psychonauts was and it's on the games cast so somebody can listen to that and double check me but I want to say he said four hours. That's not long enough for a platinum. I know it is for you. You wanted a platinum and gone home which could be 90 seconds. So yeah I know I like how you bring that up like it's that's you could do it. You've never heard of gone home and you could beat it in 90 seconds. You fucking have to know exactly where to go and what to do, you piece of shit. But you can. You can, yes. It doesn't matter, though. Uh, that's it for trophy time. Nothing too interesting. We're obviously... I, uh, so I, I want to speak... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, on the next episode. Uh, Horizons trophies, we know what they are. Sony provided those trophies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent them to Greg so we can kind of look at them. But, the list, but they're not... I don't think that's leaked yet. Somebody tweeted us right before the show that they did up? leak. Yeah, it's still got the hidden stuff. It's not an exophase. Oh. It's not like actually out, but the list is out. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I'll I leave so, right now. I haven't spread... A, this is a good point for this, too. I need Because this is one of those times I'm going to need your friendship. 
because I got I got I'm hosting the Dice Awards this week. Thursday night we'll have them over on Twitch. Twitch you, slash kind of funny games. Huh? You want me to sync them? For exactly. You? But the problem is, I got I'll have Kevin do the unit here. I can do my primary. Oh, so you're remote, them all out. But in my bedroom, on the gray one, you have to do it. Well, the reason that I'm not even going to play it at my house, like I'm going home tonight for the first yeah. time in like a few weeks, uh, I'll just play something else because they're, they're all tied to uh, Aaron's PS4. Yeah. And the problem here is that I usually wouldn't care, but I played Resident Evil 7 across both consoles, and then I have all this fucked up trophy. Da- like the trophy sunk fine, but oh, like the there's all this all weird shit. I'm like, wh- like, it doesn't make sense. I got this trophy before this trophy. I, I, it bothers mm. the OCD in me. Which I think because it, it goes by where you sink it first, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So. I just can't play. Well, here's I do, I do have two questions about Horizon trophies that aren't like spoilery, and we don't need to know them all. Jonathan wrote in and said, "How are the trophies?" I think it's a great trophy list. Like I said, I'm going to platinum it here probably at 45 hours, and I'm sure once it's out and you have guides and stuff like that, you'll be able to do it quicker than I did. It's a it's a platinum you won't even need a guide for, I assume, unless there's something weird in there that I'm not. Well, if you just want it, like, hey, where can I farm this or what can I do this? You know what I mean? Uh, and then one Alex said, are the, "Are the trophies missable or difficulty related?" They are not. Uh, knock on wood. There's nothing that's been missable. And uh, yeah, no yeah. trophy, no nothing. That, that's what I really wanted. To, you know, I reached out to our friends at Sony, and I was like, "Can I see the list?" And they went to Grill and asked, and they sent it to me because I, I literally just wanted to see if I should play it on hard or not. You and I really need to talk more because what I did is I DM'd Gorilla and I was like talking to them, like, "Hey, is there is it difficulty or can I just jump in?" Like, just jump in. I'm like, "Thanks." Went off and had fun. It's good because Killzone's trophy lists are fucking an abomination. It's just a collection of abominations. So I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. I was afraid it was going to be, yeah, play it. And we'll unlock new game plus difficulty. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, don't get me wrong. The game's great, but I hate replaying stuff over and over again. Uh, Continuing with trophy time. Azza08 wrote in to set us straight. As many people did, but this is the first one to happen. This is Aron Walters. Hey, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Before you even read it, is this about the trophies with Back to the Future? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was wrong. Hey guys, just thought I would give you guys a heads up last week on PS. I love you. You said you could not think of a game that was digital episodic, but had no platinum. And then I'm sorry, that was digital that had no platinum, then came to retail and had a platinum back to the future on PS3 had no plat- platinum when it was digital, but had one when it came out on the disc. There was a different example. Back to the future is the only one in that letter that he used. Yeah, there was, well, another, I mean, there was like a bunch of kids who wrote in. About there's this. another one though that I was like, oh, that I actually remembered. Mm-hmm. Fuck. What was it? Fuck my God goat ass. Damn it. Fuck me in the goat ass. I don't remember. You think about it. It doesn't really remember. A it really honestly doesn't matter. A different Aaron wrote in for the segment that we like to do on Trophy Time called This Trophy Can Go Fuck Itself. Mm. The game, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. The trophy, take the cannoli. The description, earn the Godfather criminal rating. There is no way to explain this trophy without a fairly long explanation, so get ready for a real journey. I promise it's worth it. Late last year, I decided to download Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy on PSN. Being a longtime GTA fan, I was excited to sit down and play through all three games for a huge nostalgia trip. I also figured I'd go for the platinum trophies in all three games. At first glance, the trophy list didn't seem too bad. I played through all of GTA 3 and got the platinum pretty easily. Then I moved on to Vice City. Again, I completed the game and had obtained just about every trophy when I ran into the son of a bitch trophy known as Take the Cannoli. This trophy requires you to achieve a certain criminal rating in the game. Your criminal rating is based on how on many of your stats in the game. You raise it by simply causing mayhem, completing missions, and other various activities. In GTA 3, I finished the game and most of the trophies with a rating of about 3,500. The trophy in GTA 3 required a rating of 5,000. No problem. I just had to cause a small bit of extra chaos. In Vice City, I completed the game and most of its trophies with a rating of, again, around 3,500. I assume Take the Cannoli would require a score of 5,000, just like GTA 3. Nope! 
Strap in for this reveal. Take the cannoli requires the player to achieve a criminal re- rating of one million. Yes, you read that correctly. One million. I couldn't believe it. I searched the internet hoping to find this trophy was ridiculous as it seemed. Unfortunately, it was a cruel joke that it's, it was the cruel joke that it seemed. And there was pretty much no way of doing it legitimately. Playing the game like a normal person actually makes it nearly impossible to do legitimately because of how the stats effect scores. I was going to have to cheat in order to get the trophy and my platinum. I wanted to quit, but I was determined to get my platinum. I wasn't about to let this one sick joke ruin everything for me. So I looked up guides for cheating my way to victory. The method I chose required like me a Steinbeck novel. I know, required me to get seven helicopters in place, half in a save garage, and the other half on a roof of a building the garage was in. Then, while standing in a specific spot on the roof, I had to put in all the bl- I had to put in the blow up all cars cheat code. Doing this raised my criminal rating by 210 points each time. Over the course of four to five hours, I had to input the cheat code a minimum of 4,700 times. Plus, I had to get new helicopters, reset the difficulty and the glitch every time. After seeing my criminal rating pass the one million mark, the trophy didn't pop. I thought the game was messed up and didn't give me the trophy. I felt broken inside. After searching some more online, I find out I had to also obtain $10 million. Luckily, I found a very easy method for cash, but eventually the trophy and my platinum popped. I'm not sure if it was dedication or a sign of insanity. Even though I got the trophy, I can say without a doubt that this trophy can go fuck itself. Thank you, J.D. Salinger. Thank you for doing what you do and who you are, Aaron. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Aaron. You should have given up. That was a, not That's the way to do that. That's just not worth it. It's like It was like when I, I had all the trophies in Titanfall 2 except for that one on the wall. I'm like, no. Nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. this not a prayer. This ain't not fun. even a little bit of a prayer of that happening. <clears throat> yeah, just walk away, man. You didn't have to do that. You could have played other games. That was San Andreas? Vice City. Vice City, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was thinking recently about I have those games. All three of my down one of them. Yeah. Um, I haven't played GTA three since high school. It would be fun to just go back and, and relive those things. But man, they must be so bad. Yeah. Well, you see, so they're bad. like still tanky. And they, uh, they can't. Are they tanky? No, no, it's not tanky. You can't spin the camera. There's something that's uh, like so. I was like, I don't remember the tank controls. It's something. Yeah, I think it's this. I remember when they came out, the camera fucks it. It was really fucked up and nobody could wrap their head around it. Jumping into reader mail. Thank you to Jericho for compiling it. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, to be part of the show, you go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like Weasel Prick did. Hey, guys. Lately, I find myself losing my interest in video games because I can't relate to the main character. My main, ish- my main issue is the sudden explosion of female protagonists. I love The Last of Us and have been waiting for the sequel forever. Seeing as how Ellie is now the main playable character, I find myself uninterested in playing the game. I also think Horizon Zero Dawn looks like it can be a really great game, but I don't want to give it a ch- but I don't want to give it a chance due to the fact that the main character is a female. I'm pretty sure there are way more men playing video games than compared to women, and I don't understand why developers are moving this direction. What are your thoughts on this? And wouldn't it be more profitable for developers if they appeal to a male audience? How are Tomb Raider sales compared to other games in the genre that have a male protagonist? I am not sexist. I just want to relate to my games. Keep up your great work and don't laugh at my name. Weasel prick. It's a little bit of a bizarre one. Yeah, there's a lot to laugh at, I think, in your question, Weasel Prick. Um, And the name is not even the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to come in and, you know, whatever. But, I mean, why are you so hung up on it being a woman? Like, that's not even the point. Like, when you talk about Ellie, when you talk about Aloy, like, Aloy's got to, you'll find out when you play it, as you should, because the game's awesome. I'm pointing where it was during the review. It's not here. Uh, Aloy's got a bunch of problems, and being a woman really isn't one of them. And it's not like that's shoved down your throat that that's a big thing for her. It's actually not even a point of the game she has 99 problems and 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 being a bitch ain't one ah yeah sorry no, i'm I mean, sorry like, if uh, I, I triggered anyone i feel like and but, i don't i don't know anything uh, about you or where you're coming from or anything else i feel like you're just too hung up on gender like uh, for me 
connecting to a game is about the emotions and what the character's going through. Yeah, and what I never, doing. I never, ever, ever, ever understood this line of thinking. And 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 this is a this is a line of thinking that is not even remotely pervasive. So we don't have to spend too much time on it. But why are people playing? Like it's like saying like I, Atlas Shrugged is one of my favorite books, right? Mm. Uh, the protagonist is female. That would be like me saying like I can't relate to Taggart because she's a woman. The fuck does that mean? Like it's a story. It's not you. Why are you trying? I, I I can't relate to anything that's going on in Horizon. I have a newsflash for you. Whether Aloy was male or female, you couldn't relate to what is going on in Horizon. We've all had to kill a machine that looks like a panther and take out its heart and use it to craft a fucking weapon. It's so weird to me that 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 like I understand that people think there are you know you can have the conversation of like there are there too many females or are people trying to cater that. You know, are they doing it because it's a movement? Is it? Yeah, exactly. And and I agree. You know, I I always thought the statistic like that was going around for a while, being like, did you know that you know half of gamers are female? I'm like, no, they're not. Like, no, they're not. Like that that's not even remotely true. You're talking about these GDC stats that come out that are compiling in cell phone games. It's like ridiculous. It's like a totally ridiculous thing. But like, of course, that's not true. Maybe maybe a quarter of the of the console audience is female, if at most, maybe. But that doesn't matter. Because there are valuable stories to be told and valuable protagonists from which perspectives you can play, regardless of if they're male, female, black, white, whatever, Chinese, it doesn't matter. So I never really understood this particular, you know, this particular thing where if you're customizing a character, then I understand playing is like I always play as a male shepherd. I'm like, well, that's who I'm trying to be. I'm making the choices and whatever. But in games that are more detached, it's like I'm not playing uh, Neo to relate to the experience of a white man in Japan, which is what the whole fucking game's about. Like, who cares? It's a video game. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a story you're enjoying. And if you're that limited, then you can't enjoy most TV shows. You can't enjoy... And I'm not saying because they're women. I'm saying, like, how can you possibly relate to... uh, uh, Holloway's character on Colony, like you weren't a, you weren't an FBI agent or an Army Ranger, so you can't possibly enjoy Colony. You can't possibly enjoy, uh, you know, fucking anything if you're trying to look at it through our perspective. I mean, even, even from that perspective, like it, it, it comes. That's what he needs from gender. So if he's playing, like if he's I, I, as a white man, if I'm playing a game as a black guy, am I suddenly like, oh, I can't relate to this? I we're both we both have dicks, but I it's, don't know anything about that. It's just it's just that's a bizarre one. Yeah. That's 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 all I'll say about that. It's a truly bizarre one. I think you need to get over it. Uh, Night Miss wrote in said, hello, Greg and Colin. Last week, Colin said Gravity Rush 2 probably bombed because of low downloadable sales. And I thought I would chime in as someone who rents games. I use Gamefly and I'm currently sending back Dragon Quest Builders, a game I loved for Gravity Rush 2, a game I think I will enjoy as a consumer. I am paying for a legal service to play these games, but if I really enjoy it, then I would like to, then I would like it to do well financially and possibly get a sequel. My question to you is this: Is renting is renting good games hurting the bottom line? If renting is a problem, then why is it allowed to exist? If renting isn't a problem, then why can't I rent PlayStation Four games on PS Now, a service that I've also enjoyed? Thanks, Nightmist. I'm way old, I'm years past even fighting this fight anymore. The the this was a thing that we kind of a hill we kind of died on, or I tried to die on, and. There's many, many hills I try to die on in the past. You are uh, always trying to die. It's yeah, weird. I just, I'm not long for this world. Um, Bleeding heart liberal. The, the thing about renting games. So, I mean, at brass tax, the thing about renting games and the reason why it's not illegal. I mean, this was a fight that was fought with VHSs and, and video games in the eighties. Um, it's a licensing issue. You buy the license. And, and so Gamefly technically owns the license to that game. It can do what it wants with it as long as it's a physical version of the game. Um, I'm glad that that question wasn't going in the direction I thought it was going in because that would have been really bad, which was like, I rent these games. And so isn't that not reflected on that? I would have been like, every, like that would be the same for every game in existence. So you're all treated the same way. Thankfully, the question didn't go there. Uh, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with renting. I think renting is becoming super, super, super niche. So I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with 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 the bottom line at all. It was way more injurious ten years ago. It was especially way more injurious twenty or thirty years ago. This is a callback. Is right I think now. even to last week's one of the uh, things from last week where people were talking, or maybe two weeks ago, where they're talking about Gravity Rush and like. Uh, uh, you know, not buying it on day one, waiting for reviews, doing all this different stuff. But then does that hurt the sales? Does that not send the message that you want more of this game of these characters and these different things? I think when you start talking about that, the percentage of people who are renting, the percentage of people who are waiting, the percentage of people who are going to get it for a gift is so small that it really, I don't think this one guy, right? That's something like the backbreaker sales, like the game fly people renting it. I don't think are the ones where they're like, well, if only those few hundred people, few thousand people would have bought that Gravity Rush 2 would be in a different state. I think Gravity Rush 2 is just a different case. It needs, you know, more people in general. It needs to just be these business realities for a company like Sony. Uh, I, I'm looking up something real quick. I just want to, it'll take me just one moment. No, it's fine. I'll sing the Doogie Howser song while you type. Yes. Okay. So, do, 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 do. so this is damning. This is really damning stuff for, um, for Gravity Rush's 2 performance because I thought this was true. Uh, Gravity Rush 2 was a Friday release, if I remember correctly. Let me just verify. I think it came out the 20th. Uh, okay, so this is how bad Gravity Rush 2 did. Lay it on me. Gravity Rush 2 came out the 20th um, of January. Tales of Berseria came out the 24th of January. So it had four less days, four fewer days uh, on the market and was number nine in the PS4 only MPD charts where Gravity Rush 2 wasn't. So I don't want to hear any more, any more conjecture whatsoever about that game that it did anything less than fucking nothing on the market. I just want to throw that out there. Tales of Rosaria is about as a niche as a role-playing game as you could possibly get. Number nine. Gravity Rush 2 with four more days on the market. PS4 exclusive with some Sony push behind it. Not charting at all. Because um, I know some people were upset about that or whatever. And I'm like, guys, it's in the data. Like, just... It's there. It doesn't mean the game was bad. It doesn't mean you're wrong for enjoying it. It does mean you should say goodbye to Gravity Rush. No, cat. We loved you. We tried to make it happen in All-Stars. That was another fight we lost, though. Fucking All-Stars. Saddest day of the life. Colin, you ready to meet your new best friend? Yes. This comes from Morgan. That's not his PlayStation Network name. Of course, this is where I read one of your messages from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you've asked to be. That's not from PSQ. Just go to kindoffunny.com slash forms. Where you want to be a best friend, then you, the other best friend, send messages in front of requests and everybody's happy. Morgan writes in and says, Hey, Greg, Colin, and all the best friends. This might be a little long, so pack a lunch. Around six years ago now, I lost my best friend unexpectedly and tragically in an accident. He and I would always play games together, mainly COD on Xbox 360, and he was one of the only people in my life that I could share this passion with. When he passed, gaming died as well. I stopped playing games and reading comics. Hell, I stopped doing anything at all until one random day I was on YouTube and stumbled across four idiots in a room talking about video games, hating mustard and K-pop. I don't really believe in God or things like that, but man, something or someone was looking out for me that day. You guys reinvigorated my love and passion for games and nerd culture and really talked me off the ledge. I owe a great deal. I owe a great deal to my family for helping me through that time, but I also owe so much to you guys whilst you were at IGN and now it's kind of funny. As always, wanted to write in back then, but never had the courage to finally never had the courage to but i finally thought i would as i need you guys and best friends more than ever another friend of mine another friend of mine of 20 years has been recently diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer at the age of 30 and i know you will get me through this as well currently i am playing neo and would love some best friends to help out with the times when the times get tough and i hope it will also encourage me to broaden my game library and try new things my psn name is Ka- i'm going to read it all and then describe how he writes it because he says in parentheses please shoot let us change our names it's kal l pliskin Cal, like, you know, we're talking about Superman, Cal L, obviously, K A L dash E L 
underscore Pliskin. P-L-I-S-K-I-N. I don't know where I would be or what I, have, uh, what I would have done without you guys in my life. Love, Morgan. P.S. If you ever come back to Australia, make sure you come to Melbourne. Sydney sucks balls. Morgan, get the fuck off your couch and meet us halfway. Fucking flew all these hours over there. Just go to Sydney for a fucking weekend. Say Somewhere halfway in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, but the the that's first of all it's a sad story and, and we love you very much and you escaped ridicule because of the sad story by putting both a dash and an underscore in your name which is virtually unprecedented now for the record though Kal-El should be hyphenated so I mean he's 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 on the money there that's fine but you can't put a dash and an underscore why he's trying to shove together Pliskin in there it's like come on are you, are you doing comics are we doing snake Pliskin or are we doing Pliskin for Metal Gear you come on you know just don't mix it all up Colin hmm ready for this week's forgotten PlayStation mm. game. This is where one of you writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ tells us a game that not doesn't get enough love and we give the love here. This one comes from Salky. Salky says, hey guys, mm. love the issue. I listened to almost every episode. Oh, what? The fuck that means. I love, I love the issue. All right. I have a submission for PlayStation forgotten game. Also not the fucking title of the segment. My forgotten game is actually a PlayStation 4 game, not a remake. Planet Side 2 has had me enthralled more than any online FPS since Team Fortress 2. Sure, it has some technical issues, but it's free to play and is doing something no other game out there is attempting. Massive battles of over 100 versus 100 players with large ar- with large armor and air battles going on layered on top of infantry flights. What draws you in is the supersized battle. Then you find a good outfit, aka clan, and it gets even better. Sadly, the PlayStation community is not taking advantage of the really awesome, this really awesome, and did I mention free game? We've been dropping 16 coordinated players on a fight between two other teams and royally screwing them up. Imagine, if you will, a Battlefield 1 match between two teams going about their business. Then a third team comes out of nowhere, unexpectedly lands on a control point, and starts shooting things cracks me up every time predacons forever sulky i assume that's some kind of fucking planet side 2 garbage it's shocking that a uh, free to play games not doing well on playstation that's not unheard of at all uh yeah doesn't matter what is there to say about planet side 2 <laughs> that hasn't been said about the battlefield <laughs> <laughs> psn's worst name of the week is a segment we do here because of course shuhei yoshida won't let you change your name because he hates you so you write in with your bad psn name or bad psn names you've seen and then we guilt them we just guilt them every day this one comes from origami rip 789 who says so i was playing rainbow six siege with my friends when i saw the name of this gentleman fat clip flaps fat clip faps flaps fat clip clip Falaps. You understand what I'm trying to say there? I'm yes. trying to say fat clit like a clitoris. Like a fat clit. Flaps. Like an old beat up clit. Yes. And an old beat up vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 75. Thank you for joining us. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there, subscribe to the YouTube channels, listen to the other shows, watch the other content. Then, Remember, it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, rain or shine on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. Unless I forget to publish it because SoundCloud doesn't let me auto publish and I've been fucking it up bad lately. But you guys tweet me and then I remember to do it. But you should just go watch the YouTube video because it's easier for me. Or you should all yell at SoundCloud. But, you know, whatever. Ah! Oh, God! My God, she's on the moon! Halo <laughs> hey, is fighting dinosaurs on the moon! Every episode, 
of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe. Hey, this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM, gives me an MP3 that I play at the end of our MP3. Don't make me buy it. I hate doing that. Gives me a YouTube link I annotate too from our why, YouTube if, link. Why just, if, if someone's making you, no one's making you do anything. If someone's like, you gotta buy it, then I, I, like I'm not like doing I it. I need to support it. Here's the, what's getting it. I figured it out finally. Is that it's all these fucking Australians and Europeans. You go to SoundCloud, name your own price. A zero is fine. I put in zero and it's like, well, because they're foreign, you have to give them at least 40 cents. Can we all agree that if an asteroid ever, had ever hit Earth, we hope it hits Europe? Because like, I, I just feel like that's kind of the obvious place. Like We all kind of want the asteroid like resistance. Well, I mean, not, uh, that was a Tunguska, I mean. man. Yeah, that was a little thing. I'm talking about a meteor that's going to like wipe the fucking continent out. You want to take out Europe? Yeah, I don't see why not. Prince Charles? Uh, he's had his chance. It's true. He did have his chance. This one comes from Blessing Jr. Blessing Jr. wrote in and said, hey, Greg and Colin. Singing to Shuhei is too dang white, JK. But I do think you guys could use more of a hip hop feel to end the show. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Blessing, and I like to create rap beats. One of my dreams is to produce beats for an artist like Mega Ran. My specialty is recreating video game soundtracks as rap instrumentals. This song, Joel's Guitar from The Last of Us, is my latest. It's a remix of The Last of Us's main theme. I have more like it on my YouTube channel and my Bandcamp page, blessingjunior.bandcamp.com. Hope you enjoy. P.S. I love you. XOXO. Blessing Junior, you need no introduction. I've seen you around the comments. Don't worry about that. I loved your song, and that's why we're going to play it now. Sorry, Europeans. We, we don't want the asteroid to land on here. We would actually want it to land on Australia. Oh, Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.